What's happening? And welcome to another Crossroads Connect podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroad events to trending topics to how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. Crossroads Connect podcast. So good to be with you. Glad you guys are here with us today. And today we actually have a couple of special guests with us. Uh, we have Pastor uh, Chris Omdahl, who is our uh, pastor of Care Pastors, what we said on the show last Tuesday, right, Chris? Uh, and so he's our, our, our care pastor. And we also have Liz Unruh, who is from our Crossroads Counseling Center with us today. And we're talking about boundaries. And specifically today, we're talking about boundaries and marriage. So we're going to talk a little bit about our own lives and our own, uh, some of the dates that we've been on, uh, just uh, being married. All, all three of us are married. And so we'll talk about those a little bit. Uh, we'll jump into boundaries and marriage. What are they? How do we uh, navigate them, and and lastly, just what does that look like for us practically to live those out in a healthy way? So, hey, Chris and Liz, good to have you guys here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. thanks. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So, we'll just jump right into it. I've given you guys like five minutes <coughs> to think through this just a little bit, and so uh, I want to know, what is the best date that you ever had with your spouse? And if it, it maybe not the best one you've ever had, but at least a date that you really, really enjoyed. Right. Or is memorable, maybe a yes. memorable date. Yeah, I was thinking about this, um, and I have uh, one popped right into my head about something we did recently, but that'll be my next question, oh, okay. which I'll answer. But one of the best dates that I ever had with my husband, Bryce, is when we got engaged. Oh, yeah. So this goes back a ways, because we've been married 26 years, and... We, we had talked about getting married, and I suspected that there was going to be a proposal. It was my birthday, and we were going to go out to dinner, and it was going to be really special. And he called me about an hour and a half before we were to go. I was at work, and he said, um, we can't go. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I mean, we were still going to go have a date, but we weren't going to go do what we were going to do mm -hmm. for this real special occasion. So I was pretty disappointed. And then we rescheduled for about five days after that. And there was this huge blizzard. And I-25 was closed down. And I'm thinking, we're going to have to cancel again. And he's like, no, we're going. And so uh, we lived up in Fort Collins at the time. And we were going to drive up to Estes to have dinner at the Stanley and he had made arrangements and everything. And I knew about that, but I thought for sure that we weren't be gonna be able to go because of everything was closed down. He's like, no, we're gonna go. So we went up the big Thompson Canyon, was watching him white knuckle in his truck. And we got to Estes and the roads were clear and there's beautiful just snow coming down. And we went into the dining room, which is actually they've converted it. It's not really the same dining room that they have now but it overlooked Estes Park and it was just gorgeous. Mm. And uh, yeah, we got settled and they had piano playing in the background. And uh, yeah, so it was just a really wonderful evening and I thought maybe was it wouldn't it happen. Empty? It was great, huh? Was it pretty empty then because of the weather? It was empty yeah. and it, they were having a Valentine's Day special because it happened right before Valentine's Day. And But yeah, the place was empty. I think there was one other couple 
And then our, our waiter, who is this huge man, and another gentleman playing piano. And I was going to get up and go to the ladies' room, and I feel this big, huge hand on my shoulder saying, <laughs> don't leave now. <laughs> <laughs> and he was bringing out uh, two champagne flutes that my my now spouse had engraved, Liz, will you marry me? Yeah. It was really that's sweet. Cool. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. It was very romantic. That's great. Very yeah. sweet. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Very nice. Do you have any Man. memorable dates? It's it's a hard question. With Renee. I have, I, yeah, with <laughs> Renee. Uh, I have lots of memorable dates. It's hard for me to pick, like, the best one. Um, as you were talking, Liz, about getting engaged, that was, a, a, that was probably one of the best ones. Um, ours was, uh, so I in- intentionally tricked her. Huh? I made it out to be a big deal. We went out to dinner, and then... After dinner, I was like, well, I don't really know what else to do. What do you want to do? <laughs> and she got so kind of frustrated with me. And then we just so happened to go walking through this park, and there was a little blanket set up with a uh, bottle of wine and, and uh, just so happened uh, yeah. my guitar and all that. And so wow. it was super romantic, mm-hmm. and I asked her to marry me there, and and uh, and it was, it was awesome. But usually um, our dates, uh, you know, they involve good food. Mm-hmm. good drink um and and when we can get past uh heavy conversation about kids or about schedules or about whatever it is uh that's usually a mark of a good date for mm-hmm. us yeah yeah when we first started dating after kids we actually had to try to take all the fanciness out of it mm-hmm. because we put so much it was like so few and far between that when we got to go out, we would put such high expectations yeah. on the date that it would flop mm-hmm. and, and we would just end up like ticked at each other. Right. Like, Man, that was a terrible date. But we're not talking about terrible dates. We're talking about <laughs> uh, good dates and yeah. fun dates. So uh, our, our very first date, Christiana and I went to the spaghetti factory and uh, Christiana actually ended up getting sick. I had to take her home early oh, wow. uh, because she got a stomach bug and so... Uh, that was a memorable one. Anyway, right. I mean, we've had lots of really, really good ones. Actually, on our honeymoon, someone gave us uh, a uh, gift certificate to Flagstaff Restaurant, which oh, is yeah. the, the restaurant that it yeah. overlooks Boulder, uh-huh. which we would never, I mean, we could right. probably still not afford to go to mm-hmm. that place, but that was really, really fun. And someone else uh, for our honeymoon, too, they gave us a treasure chest of $1 Susan B. Anthony gold coins. Oh, fun. And there's like 100 of them. And so we were just like, Pretending like, you know, yeah. we were tipping people with Susan, uh, Susan B's and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, lots of really That's good, neat. fun stuff. Uh, have you guys noticed at all with COVID and everything like that, has that changed at all the, the way that you've been able to date? Oh, yeah. It, it's hard to kiss with masks on. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you manage? <laughs> we manage. Yeah. 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 No Cut outdoor. holes in them. And uh-huh. No outdoor venues or big concerts or yeah. or any of that, yeah. right? It's yeah, different. I mean, we're able to go to restaurants and things again yes. and, and mm-hmm. eat, which is really, really good. But mm-hmm. um, is there anything special that you do now that um, that you've, you've learned or discovered? Man, I really actually kind of like this, and we never mm-hmm. would have thought to do that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this summer, um, well, we had both of our boys home, so I have two grown sons, well, uh, 22 and 19. My 19-year-old is a sophomore in college, and my 22-year-old graduated this past year on our 
sofa. <laughs> um, Graduated to your sofa or? Well, no, thankfully he is off the sofa. Oh, okay, and <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they were home and have since departed. And um, since, since they have left, Bryce and I have done hikes on every Saturday, except the last couple of weeks because of the fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was absolutely beautiful. We went up to uh, Twin Sisters and hiked that. I lived out here for 27, 28 years now and had never hiked that. So he and I did that together. That was really fun. Just get out, explore nature, have our masks on to pull them up whenever we pass somebody by. But it was really yeah, fun. Good. Yeah, and then just brought, I think we just got Chipotle or something and brought it home. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that was really fun. Yeah, it's funny that, I mean, it depends on love languages and all kinds of different things like that, but definitely just, just time together, right? And, and figuring out ways to, to be together. And, and like you said earlier, Chris, getting rid of all of the other junk that can bombard your date night, right? Um, and so, uh, but that's really good. So. Well, we are in the middle of this series called Boundaries, and it's it's based off of a book from Henry Cloud, who has wrote actually a series of different books. There's the original Boundaries, there's Boundaries in Parenting, Boundaries in Marriage, and so uh, Pastor Matt this last week spoke specifically about marriage, and so thank you so much for, for coming on today, Liz, and, and giving us a little bit more insight onto to boundaries, and we're going to talk a little bit more about boundaries in our marriages and, and what those look like, and so uh, one of the questions that I, I have for you, maybe Liz, you can address this, is uh, what are, as you're counseling couples and things like that, what are some of the most common boundary breakers that you see happening in marriages? Well, there's the obvious boundary breakers, the biggies, whether that be affairs or addictions, uh, but typically what I see most are um, boundaries that are broken in respect of time, And I know that Pastor Matt spoke about that time and words. So communication also, not not communicating well uh, or not communicating at all, which I see as a boundary issue. Um, I find it interesting that we always think that we're really good communicators. Right. And and the reality until we get married. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even then, I think sometimes we think that we are. The reality is, is that maybe we're not as good as we think that we are. Yeah, and so. communication's huge because oftentimes there will be kind of the presenting problem, you know, whatever it is. But then after sitting and talking with a couple, uh, you, you you quickly see how look th- this is all sort of based around some communication challenges that you're having. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a I think a pretty big one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so what else do you see, Liz? Well, I've also seen differences in how people parent. You mentioned that, Chris, um, just in when you were sharing about your date night. But um, how you parent differently, um, perhaps how you spend differently, and um, yeah, I, I I think what I would land on though are communication issues, also different dreams and respecting one another's hopes and dreams for what they want to do in the present, but also in the future. So without, without talking about things like that, couples really get into trouble, or maybe they're not talking at all. Um, one may not be talking at all and just allowing things to fester. Why, why do you think communication is such a hard thing? 
what what about it makes it so hard for people? Well, sometimes there can be an imbalance of power in relationships where one person might be a very strong personality and the other maybe doesn't have that strength. Maybe there is a, especially I think in Christian marriages, um, I think I had to work this out myself, is what's my role as a wife and allowing my husband to lead? What does that mean? Um, and where where do I have a voice? And I think for, and that can be on either side, man or woman, um, and which spouse may feel that I don't have a say. I don't have a say in this relationship. And, and, and I think that can be a real challenge. I think also with communication and, and talking about when, when tensions arise, things get lost because we get so agitated or angry or emotional that we're not, we're not talking about the things that are really the problem when we get sidetracked or we start getting into that defensiveness, blaming, criticism, that kind of pattern. And then maybe maybe then there's stonewalling and people don't share anything. I think values come into play too, don't you think, Chris? I mean, if uh, I might communicate very strongly on something that I have a strong value in, but if my spouse doesn't hold that same value, then they're not going to be as inclined to communicate well about it, and then that ends up causing tension because it can feel like, well, you should care about the things I care about because you love me. And so I see that uh, often as well. Yeah, and I think one thing with communication is most people don't know how to fight well. Um, we, we get our feelings hurt or we disagree, and and then we, we either blow up or we don't talk about it or we avoid it or whatever. And so uh, for couples to learn how to fight well, that 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 arguments and conflict can actually be uh, just an incredible um, uh, point of growth for relationships. But oftentimes we avoid it so much. I know that's me. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, we can avoid conflict so much uh, that we end up missing out on a lot of the good things that come from it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's say there's somebody out there listening right now, and they're, they're thinking through, man, what are boundaries in, in my relationship? What's the appropriate way to to even just start having that conversation with your spouse? Uh, we were kind of joking earlier that uh, it's probably not the best to go up to your significant other and tell them, hey, uh, by the way, I think that you need boundaries. Uh, I just don't know if that's the best way to approach it. But um, <laughs> what what is a healthy way to start engaging in this conversation, especially I think if I mean, if you're if you're listening to this as a couple, obviously you can enter into that conversation, but maybe you're a wife or a husband who's who feels like man i need to go talk to uh to them about this how would you approach that well i think it's important to go back to what is a boundary and a boundary is really about self-control and it's about yourself not about changing the other person and i really like i think it was um you both chris and pastor matt had mentioned what boundaries are and pick Picture it like a property line. Um, and Dr. Henry Cloud talks online about, um, you know, you don't, you don't wait for your neighbors to tell you what your property is or what color your house should be. Or maybe you should, maybe you should paint your house pink and then you should be happy about it. 
right? We get to choose. We, we, know, um, we know who we are, hopefully. Um, and if, if we've gotten lost in that, that's a self-discovery that can be a really good adventure to be on. Um, we get to choose what our reactions and responses are going to be. And we also have a choice how we're going to feel about something. And so that often, when we get talking about boundaries, it often becomes, you know, well, the other person is doing this. Well, it's really about my response. How am I going to respond to something that might make me uncomfortable or maybe I'm not looking too favorably on what's happening? So it sounds like what you're saying is as opposed to approaching going to my wife and saying, hey, we need to talk about some boundaries for you, it, it would be more appropriate to say, to look at yourself and say, where are some places that I need to find boundaries and maybe bringing it, bringing it up in that way, saying, hey, I feel like I'm not following some healthy boundaries in our relationship and here are some things that I would like to do to help make our relationship better. Yeah. yeah. What about, Liz, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but You're what okay. about uh, the, the spouse who continues to break the other spouse's boundary. So, the, so the spouse, the one spouse A, I guess you could say, has made the boundaries, but then spouse B just continues to to, to break those. What what would you? That that's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting, and it's it's very very frustrating when someone doesn't respect the other person. It's really about respect, and so for someone who doesn't respect or adhere to the boundaries of someone else, they don't have boundaries themselves. And if you as the spouse or the partner that is being um, infringed on, they're not respecting your boundaries, you have to have even stronger boundaries. You don't cave and you don't give up, but you may have to take even um, more of a stand for yourself and be more firm. And that can be very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, that's definitely one of the challenges. Do you see uh, couples more often than not that their boundaries are not aligned? I, I mean, so I might have certain boundaries that, uh, that, that my wife doesn't agree with those same boundary lines. Um, do you see that often? Sure, yeah. I think that's a, that's a big source of conflict. And a lot of times where we see, um, I did a, I'm trained in the Gottman method of uh, marriage counseling, and they call that gridlock when you have a different um, opinion on something or, or you're just kind of at a standstill with each other. And that's where, all right, where are the commonalities that we have on these things? You have to really get to what can we agree on, even if it's the smallest thing. Um, but that can be a real challenge for, for married couples. And I think that that comes back to I guess, um, to reiterate that self-reflection and as a believer, to always be going back to God, like, what is my part here? And I think if we were asking that question and waiting for God to show us, and, and that, not many people want to hear that, and not many people want to do that, but that is maturity. It is really seeking the Lord and saying, okay, what's my part? And then responding to that, we can solve a lot of issues just by being humble it's so easy to to point the finger 
and, it, and it's really easy to, to, to just lay out all of the problems that your spouse has or boundary issues or, or whatever it might be, but it's really, really hard to stop and go, okay, what's, what am I doing? And, uh, and man, I think a lot of marriages would find uh, a new level of health and contentment if, if they could both just stop for a minute and, and truly reflect on themselves and say, what is going on in here? And, and what am I responsible for? Where do I need to, uh, to repent? Um, where do I need to, uh, to, to, to make some changes so that I'm not contributing to some of these challenges? And I think that would be a really beneficial thing for people to do. Yeah. It's, and it's hard to see it when you're in it, right? Uh, I mean, uh, that's something that I, I always tell couples when we're doing pre-marriage counseling, right, is who can you control, right? Really the only person you can control is yourself in a healthy way. I mean, if you start controlling someone else, you know, that's, that's abusive. And so, um, uh, but man, it's easy, easy to have the conversation in a pre-marriage counseling session, but then when you're in it and you feel like you're the victim, it's hard to really uh, turn around and go, okay, step back for a second and think, what am I bringing into this and, and what can I be doing in order to make, make this situation better? Right there. Yeah, if you're in a domestic uh, violence situation, you are not at the point where marriage counseling is even appropriate because a marriage counselor ethically cannot see you as a couple because marriage counseling is difficult and can certainly escalate and you don't want that to happen. As a therapist, you don't want that to happen in between sessions. So you would be referred to individual therapy. Um, if you are in a domestic violence situation, by all means, call the police. Get yourself out of that situation. Don't think it's going to get better. Get yourself safe. Aside from that, um, you know, that's, that's what I really want to land on as far as any kind of violence going on. Yeah, but when, like, Chris, when you mentioned, so if you're married to someone or you're in a relationship with someone that is constantly not respecting your boundaries, certainly get some help with that, either individually or as a couple. Because as an individual, we need to, you can do some work on how can I strengthen my own boundaries? Mm -hmm. How can I strengthen my voice in this situation? Or what can I do? to help my situation, but in the marriage, if both people are willing, and that can sometimes be the challenge, if both people are willing to work on the relationship, but certainly before you start thinking divorce, because if you start thinking divorce, that makes it even more difficult. So if you just find yourself, we just keep butting heads on these issues, we are, and we just kind of, you know, sweep it under the rug, but these issues that we can't talk about anymore are becoming more and more and more so that we have more issues we can't talk about than we can talk about, that's certainly an indicator that it's time to meet with someone as a, a third party, whether that be a pastor, maybe some friends, um, maybe that is an older couple that you um, respect or look up to, or maybe a marriage counselor. Yeah, I would say, I would add to that, that's really good, that uh, you know sometimes I think people wait till it gets worse yeah. in order to, I don't know, maybe they feel like I can't get help until it's bad enough. But actually, man, the sooner the better. So even if 
<clears throat> even if you think, well, our, our issues aren't that big of a deal, um, you know, it, it can't hurt yeah. to, to go and meet with Liz or one of the other mm-hmm. counselors or, or, and, uh, and to actually talk through some things that it's actually probably better if it's, uh, if it's less intense mm-hmm. when you're talking through it than waiting until it becomes a eight or nine out of 10. And, uh, and then it gets really hard. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think too, it's hard to really self-evaluate as well and to really have that self-awareness and being able to have somebody else to help, to help give, uh, you know, an, an outside perspective. You know, we, we, like I said before, we think that we're good communicators and and we're probably not. Um, And it wasn't, uh, I I know, especially for, for men, a lot of times counseling, it's almost a pride thing where you don't want to go to counseling. And, and I felt that too. Um, before uh, we start, we went and saw a counselor when we were in Iowa. Um, but as soon as I went, uh, it was like my eyes were opened up, and it was like, man, everybody should do this. And you, you know, you should just yeah. just go not not because you're in trouble, but almost as like preventative, like care, a tune up. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So. Unfortunately, there is that stigma still a little bit left over that, you know. But it's like it's not. I mean, if you had a if you have a cavity, you go to the dentist. And there's no shame in that. So well, even <laughs> you get a yearly physical, right? Just to make sure everything is is yes. is is doing what it's supposed to do, and make sure that we're we're moving in the right direction, and that my my body's not going to just fall apart tomorrow. So I think that there there's the value in that as well. And I I'm really thankful for uh, our counseling center that we have through the church, um, in order to help provide those services for people. And if if you are listening to this, there uh, they are available uh, for that. Um, you can. Uh, certainly go through our website and, and be able to uh, get into a session. Or uh, there's also, uh, uh, if needed, there is uh, sometimes some financial aid available as well. So please don't let anything prevent you from from stepping into that if that's something that, that needs to happen. We want to help make that happen. So, well, before we, we wrap things up today, uh, Chris, I'm going to address this question to you because I want to hear from uh, from you. How have you personally, you and Renee, how have you two implemented boundaries in your own marriage? Yeah. Yeah, great question. So I, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I would naturally fall into a, to being the boundary breaker that's uh, either compliant or avoidant. Um, and so, <clears throat> so I would say in general, one of the things for us is that we've had to... Um, we've had to be intentional about having conversations. And so for me, what that means is, is that I know when I know there's something to talk about, uh, I have to fight the urge just to sort of sweep it under the rug or let it go or, Oh, it'll be better tomorrow. Um, and sometimes it is better tomorrow and you actually get a false sense of, Oh, like we solved it. But then sure enough, in a couple of months, it comes back up. And so, um, so I would say in general, for us, it's, it's just having the, the conversation and sitting down and talking about it, um, using um, like the, the old cliche sort of I statements mm-hmm. is actually really helpful that, hey, I, I feel this way when this happens and, uh, and let's talk about it, owning, owning your feelings. I think, I think that's one of the most important things uh, is first just sort of auditing your own heart and going, uh, what's there? 
what, what am I feeling and, and what sort of areas of our marriage or of our family or of whatever it is am I feeling unsettled about? What kind of continually comes up in my mind when my mind wanders? Does it continue to go to the same thing? And if so, uh, then, a, then a conversation should probably happen. Um, so, That's yeah. Uh, I think, Liz, you kind of mentioned this earlier, too, that it's not just finding out what the trigger is. It's finding out what's underneath the surface, right? Mm-hmm. And what's driving that feeling or that emotion. Um, and I, especially, uh, Chris, you and I are, are alike in that way, where I think sometimes it's it's easier to, to avoid the problem um, than it is to, to confront it head on. But uh, I know for me to be able to talk about that feeling, that, that deeper thing inside that, that is being triggered by the outside thing that's happening it, and almost like being prepared, right? You're not, you're not on the side figuring out what arguments, you know, you're going to win with, you know, I don't think that's healthy, but being able to articulate well what you're thinking and feeling, um, is, mm-hmm. is really, really good and important. And, and it's hard for me to, to nail down, like, w- I know we've, we've laid thousands of boundaries. I mean, cause you think about the vast majority, like, expectations, roles, who does what, and and then you think about the broader family context, which we're going to talk about in week three of the series, but like parents and in-laws and kids and and others, and and, and then you think about financial boundaries, and uh, I mean, they're just, there's you just made me thousands really upon Chris. thousands <laughs> of boundaries, yeah, that uh, that have to be set. And, and not only set, but maintained mm-hmm. and reinforced. And uh, so, yeah, it, it kind of is an exhausting thing. But I know for me, when, when they're not in place, uh, it's even more exhausting. Like, I'd much rather spend the energy and effort working on the boundaries uh, now than later. Mm, yeah. Marriage is, right, just like any other relationship, it, it takes work and effort. And But as you invest that time, uh, you know that the outcome on the other side is... is is a happy, healthy relationship, right? And so, which is what we're all striving for. It's what every everybody wants in marriage. That's why we get married, right? Is because we expect for it to be something that is good for us and not something that's constantly draining. So well, I wanna thank you guys both for, for being with me today and for uh, chatting about this stuff. We are in this series of boundaries. Uh, so please make sure to check us out uh, on the weekend as we continue through this series for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are on crossroadsabc.live every weekend. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, We look forward to connecting with you all uh, very soon.